Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join us in the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer one breath and one line at a time. And in between each line of the prayer, we're going to take a few breaths and try to do or not do what the prayer is asking us to do or not do. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in God. And I take a few breaths. And I continue calling, because I believe that's what the prayer has me doing. It's calling to my higher power, to my God, to make a connection with it, like I would call to or try to make a connection to a friend. So I take a few breaths and I continue calling or trying to connect inwardly with that thing I call higher power. And when I'm ready, I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. I take a few breaths and I consider my commitment to the statement I just made. How committed am I to offering myself to my higher power? And what's in the way of me being 100% committed to that offering? And I breathe in, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I contemplate or I try to see if there isn't a feeling or a sensation or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today. out, relieve me of the bondage of self, and I take a few breaths, and I try to see what it might feel like or sound like or be like if I had no bondage of self, just for a few breaths, no old ideas, no opinions, just a quiet, open, quiet mind. breathe in, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths and I just take a moment to think about how much better could I do God's will if I had that quiet mind, if I had that open mind. breathe out, take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I think about my day to day so far. (laughs) And I try to see what have been my difficulties. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think God would have me be today so far.
and I breathe in, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the rest of my day and I think about the people I might come in contact with and I think about how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I take a few breaths and I allow myself to smile and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. Gently open your eyes. Take a few breaths. Take a few moments. Don't rush to come back to your thought-filled mind. Just allow yourself to keep your attention on your breath going in and out of your body with your eyes open. And try to be conscious. Just try to be conscious of the seeing that's happening not what you're seeing. Just be conscious that seeing is happening and breathing and seeing. I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. It seems crazy to keep saying that every meeting, but that is my truth. That is my baseline truth. I'm allergic to alcohol today. I cannot drink alcohol. I cannot use alcohol as a medicine to kill the pain. And the pain comes from my self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And that is alcoholism. Alcoholism is not alcohol. Alcohol is the treatment for alcoholism. And I have to know those two things. I have to know that I have it, and that I have it today, and that it needs to be treated today, no matter how good things are going, or how bad things are going or how mediocre things are going. I still have alcoholism today. I still have this mental illness that centers in my mind, that talks to me in my own voice and tells me, there's nothing wrong with you. It's your wife, it's your kid, it's the Christmas traffic. You're fine. <sighs> so in that acknowledgement that I have alcoholism and that I'm allergic to alcohol, that allows me to admit that today, for myself, I'm going to continue to be a complete defeat at being the power for my life that could restore me to sanity. So I'm a complete defeat at being okay today if I energize my mind, which is where my alcoholism lives. And if I am truly a complete defeat, if I cannot trust and rely on my mind for anything because the defeat is complete, 
It's going to tell me ideas of things that would make me happy, especially now if I got this for Christmas or if I bought that person that for Christmas, how much they would like me and then how happy I would be. And it'll talk to me like that. And it'll try to, to, to distract me into thinking that if I do something, that, that there are things that I could do that will make me happy later. Right now, I just have to do the things. And it's usually the things I don't want to do. But I do them in compliance in the hope that one day it'll make me happy. But the truth of the matter is, because I have alcoholism, whenever I get to this moment, whichever this one is, if I'm in alcoholism, this moment is never the moment that alcoholism wants to play in. It always wants to play in the future or the past because that's where all the trouble is. That's where all the fears are. That's where all the resentments are. That's where all the fun is. It never wants to be present right here, right now. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is where it's all happening. This is it. This moment is the only moment that I could be alive in. This one. This one. This is the only moment that I could have some joy. Right now. I'm never going to get, I'm never going to be in joy later. Because <laughs> I'll be in later, later. I won't be in joy later. If I'm in later now, then when it's later, I will be in later again. I'll never be in now. So I get to start to come to believe right now that there's a power greater than me and that that power is the power that will restore me to sanity and it'll do it right now. It's, it's already done it. There's nothing for it to do. All I have to do is surrender into this moment being exactly the way this moment is supposed to be, and it's done. Nothing has to change. It's exactly, perfectly perfect, exactly the way it is right now. My dog agrees. Otis. <laughs> I think my daughter's home. She might take care of that. Anyway, this is it. Barking dog, not barking dog. This is the best moment there ever was. Sitting in front of the computer, meditating with people that aren't in the same room with me. But are we not in the same room right now? Are we not connected right now? Are you not feeling the presence of this meeting right here, right now, even though I'm not in the room with you? Really, I'm not. But I am. And, and this, is what's, this is what's happening. When I, when I practice this rightly relating myself to my higher power, hey, God, I'm powerless over that barking dog. I can't stop that dog from barking. Maybe that dog's supposed to be barking right now. It's just a barking dog. Why would that ruin my consciousness? Why would that take me out of the moment? The dog's not barking now, but I'm still carrying around a barking dog. <laughs> I'm still talking about it like it's happening. And, it's, and, and when I talk about it, when I talk about the barking dog, there's a little feeling inside of, <laughs> there's, there's a little anger. There's a little annoyance. There's a little not rightness because of that dog. And that dog happened now. It's like three minutes ago. But as I'm talking about it right now, there's a little agitation about that dog. How dare it bark while I'm talking on a meeting with people that aren't even in the room with me. And, and if I will tell the story later today about the barking dog, which I'm telling now, which is later today, because the barking dog happened a long time ago, I am still tortured by the memory of how the dog disturbed me in the moment that it disturbed me, except for that now I'm talking about it now and it is still disturbing me. And this is the way alcoholism keeps me trapped in the disease all the time. Because what are you going to do? You're going to get together with family and talk about yesterday's or talk about tomorrow's. And all those little yesterdays and all those little tomorrows, the fear of tomorrow and the, and the remorse of yesterdays, all of that is still there in the conversation today. There's a little bit of it. Maybe there's a lot of it. 
And every time I tell that story, if I tell that barking dog story, and one more time, you know, Jeff just got here. Jeff doesn't know. I was talking earlier, Jeff, and my dog started barking. Can you believe that? And it really, it was really, it was really annoying. It was bad. And now, again, I get to experience all of the annoyance of the barking dog story because I'm telling it again right now to Jeff, who doesn't need to know about a barking dog. It's not going to change his life or make it better or worse in any way. But for me, it will re-energize my alcoholism about the barking dog story. And I have to see that. I have to become aware that I do this. How many stories are you carrying around telling people about your sad story about work or money or jobs or weight or hair color or your partner? And every time I tell the story, I get to feel the pain again. And when I do that enough, I get in enough emotional pain where I'm like, oh, screw this. I'm drinking. I'm sick of telling this story that's killing me over and over and over again. And that's how drinking happens again, because of all the pain of all the stories that I'm carrying around, retelling over and over and over again. So, here I am. God, could you be with me? Could you help me to be here right now? Could you help me to let go of all of my stories, all of my old ideas? Could you protect me from my mind? Could you help me to be present? What could I add to this moment? What could I bring to this moment? What? How could I represent you in this moment? How could I be your agent? What would you have me do? Direct me. Direct my thinking. Oh, and by the way, thank you, God, for everything that you've given me. I am so blessed. I have so much today, right now. I have so much more than I need for this moment right now. I have so much abundance for this. I have like 20 pairs of jeans in the closet. I can only wear one right now. That's insane. And I'm worried about going broke in the future. <laughs> and that's just jeans. I have socks. I have lots of socks. And tons of underwear, some of it clean, some of it dirty. I have a washing machine that can wash my dirty stuff. If it gets dirty, I can wash it. I have so much stuff. I have a refrigerator full of food that if I don't eat it fast enough, it's going to go bad. But I'm worried about going broke in the future. I'm worried about running out of money and running out of jeans. But right now, right here in this moment, I have more money than I can spend all day today. And I definitely have more money than I can spend right now because I'm not spending it. <laughs> I have too much money. I got to put it in my pocket and carry it around until I can spend it. Even if it's five bucks, I got to carry that around. <sighs> I'm, I'm talking about me, by the way. I'm, I'm telling you about me. This is who I am. This is how my alcoholism works. This is why I have to have a treatment today. And, and when I do, I have the best right nows I've ever had. One after another, piling on top of each other, day after day, month, just moment after moment of beautiful moments of, of people that want to help me and people that want to be with me and people that want to eat with me and people that want to talk to me and, and, and opportunities to be of service and opportunities to do things and opportunities to tell the truth and opportunities to carry a message and to be an example of God's will and God's power and God's love and God's way of life. To be an example of that moment after moment. The opportunity is here. I, I get to, I guess I get to choose. I get to choose if I'm going to be in alcoholism and resent everything and everyone as it's happening and in the past and in the future or I get to be in this relationship with this power and say okay here I am again I'm sorry I left you I'm back here I am what would you have me do now how about now so 
I know we've been we've been going through the fourth step. I'm going to just read the last paragraph about fear. We were talking about fears last week and why we have them. And uh, and uh, the book tells me it, it, it asks me why I have them. Um, um, sorry. Okay. I review my fears thoroughly, but I don't review them in my head, by the way. I put them on paper. I review my fears thoroughly. I put them on paper. That's the next sentence. I didn't know that, but that's what it says. I don't do this in my head. If I do this in my head, it's alcoholism. That's me reviewing my fears so I can get a, a, a little pleasure and a little pain out of reviewing my fears, which is what I do normally over and over and over again. I review my fears, but I don't put them on paper. Here I put them on paper, even if I have no resentment in connection with them. I ask myself why I have them. Why do I have this fear? I ask myself that. I don't ask my sponsor. I don't ask anybody else. I ask myself, why do I have this fear? And then, if I'm truthful, so we went through this last time, right? Why do I have the fear of being alone or being abandoned? I have the fear of being abandoned because uh, for me to be abandoned would mean that I would be alone. And then I ask myself, why am I afraid to be alone? And I'm afraid to be alone because for me to be alone, if nobody wanted to be with me, which meant that I would be alone, not out of choice, but because nobody wants to be with me, I could, I would find that emotionally painful after a certain amount of time. And so now I have to ask myself, why am I afraid of emotional pain? And if I ask myself that question, eventually I get to the answer that emotional, if I get in enough emotional pain, I will do something crazy to kill that pain. I will either drink alcohol again, which for me is to take poison and cause blackouts and drunk driving and trash jobs and killed relationships. And, or, or I'll do something even crazier. I'll get my gun out and I'll put it in my mouth and I'll blow the back of my head off in an attempt to shut up that voice that won't tell me what a loser I am because no one wants to be with me. And then I have to ask myself, why am I afraid to die? Why am I afraid to die? What's the fear there? And the fear is that, that, that I don't know what's out there. And the, the real fear is, is that, that I don't believe that there's a power greater than myself. And if there is no God, then I'm screwed because self-reliance has always failed me. And so all of my fears lead me to the end result of the reason I'm afraid is because I don't believe that there's a God that could restore me to sanity and self-reliance at restoring me to sanity has always failed me. Self-reliance is good as long as it, as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. It's kept me alive all these years, but with a lot of side effects of alcoholism and drug addiction and nicotine addiction and caffeine addiction and overweight addiction and sugar and alcohol and uh, all of the things that I have to do to please self to be okay and then all of the side effects that come from that. Sometimes I've had great self-confidence, but that self-confidence, when it makes me cocky, which is what it does because, because all of my self-confidence is me telling me it's going to be okay if I just get this thing and then putting on this face that I'm okay, which is this cocky person that's okay, that doesn't need anything, and then that thing pushes everyone and everything out of its life again. And then it tells me perhaps there's a better way. They think so for now. For I am now, right now. This is the this is the better way. I am now on a different basis, the basis of a trusting and relying upon God. 
I trust infinite God rather than my finite self. I'm in the world to play the role it assigns today, right now. This is the role. Me sitting here talking at this meeting, this is the role God has assigned me for right now. By the way, the role God has assigned you is to be at this meeting and to be present and to be present. Now, when I say that, it's a little self-serving because you might think that I want you to listen to me, but I do not care if you're listening to me. I do not care. But I think that, I, because I think that my role when I stop talking will be to be listening or to leave. If I'm not going to be listening at the meeting, I should leave. I should go to where the listening is happening. I'm in the world to play the role it assigns, just to the extent that I do as I think it would have me. Does it enable me to match calamity with serenity? And, and all of this we did last week. I'm sorry for the recap. But So here's today. I never apologize to anyone for depending upon, upon, my, higher, my, upon my creator. I never apologize for that. It's not a weakness for me. It is the greatest strength that I have. For me, that's my experience. I can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of the weakness, but I also don't tell people that I am living on a spiritual basis. I don't apologize for God, but I don't go running around saying, oh, God wants me to hand you this salt shaker. God wanted me to clean the refrigerator today. I don't tell my wife that. <laughs> I just do it. Today I got up and I vacuumed all of the dust out of all of my new cabinets that just got put in yesterday. That's what I felt intuitively guided to do it. If I did it for my wife, I promise you this, I would be hating her the rest of today. She would be in the doghouse if I did it for her and it would be very painful for her and for me. The dust would be gone, same, same result. Just would have been a world of pain for everybody else and me. Paradoxically, it's the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All of my courage comes from my relationship with my higher power. When I do what I think God would have me do, there is no fear. Because I'm aligned with all knowledge and all power in the moment doing the thing that I think it would have me do. How could I, could I need any more power than all power to protect me, to do whatever it is that I'm doing? All men of faith, all people of faith have courage. They, I trust my God. Today I trust my God. I never apologize for God. Instead, I let him demonstrate through me what it can do. I let it demonstrate through me what it could do. Today, Christmas Eve. I ask it to remove my fear and direct my attention to what it would have me be. What would you have me be? At once, I commence to outgrow fear. God, what would you have me be today? What would you have me be? A good husband, a good father, a good son, a good brother, a good driver, a courteous and kind driver, a good hander out of of uh, money, a good present getter. How about a good present getter? A uh, getter and a good present giver. All right. <laughs> the next line is now about sex. We're not touching that. <laughs> not today. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop sharing. I appreciate you all so much. Um, we're going to open the meeting up for sharing now. If you'd like to share about your fears or getting rid of your fears or you have a question, you can ask a question or uh, anything you want to share about, really. It's Christmas Eve. Have at it. Enjoy yourselves. Um, yes. Oh, just real quick, if you share them, um, we record these meetings. It's going to be recorded and it's going to be available on Spotify and some other podcasting places where people that are usually like-minded are looking. I don't think the FBI and the CIA are combing our site, but you never know. So 
just it is being recorded. Chris? Hi. Hi. Um, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, I just wanted to say um, how powerful that um, the message from last week and then you re- reiterated it some today is how the fears um, seem to all break down to fear of being alone. Uh, and I find as I, you know, kind of went, you know, go through my fears again, it really is, um, uh, it is that, right? Like, uh, you know, I went, I've been doing another step four with a a group in my, in my hometown. And, um, you know, I, I was, one of my fears was not, not being good enough, not feeling like I'm ever good enough. I can't ever reach that pinnacle pinnacle in any area I always have to do more 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 and and try to do um do more and I had a counselor one time um when I was meeting him in uh in a program I was in and uh I and that was the same thing too you know I'd I'd be he I'd say I'd be at work and I could never perfect an email quite enough and he, he said something that stuck with me um you know years later is you just have to figure out that it's good enough. You just have to know when to say it's good enough. Uh, and that's really helped helped me. Um, and some of the other step four work I was doing, it was, you know, there was some clear, a couple of clear areas. And one of them was that emotional security, which is the same thing as not, not being good enough, which all boils down to fear of being alone. Uh, so any, I just wanted to uh, say how much I appreciated that conversation um, last week on on that subject. So thank you. Thank you, Chris. Great to see you again. Thanks for coming back. Okay. Uh, Paul. Yes. Hi, Paul. Alcoholic with alcoholism. Hi, Paul. Happy holidays. Also. Um, you mentioned Randy being able to tell the story and then, and then, um, while you're telling it, it's, you know, it's your experience it all over again and, uh, the alcoholism. And what happened right before the meeting is that I had taken my dog out for a walk. And when I came, when I came back, I couldn't open my apartment door for some reason that the lock was something was up and I didn't have my phone. And I felt this, Oh my gosh, the meeting's going to start. I'm, I'm going, you know, um, the secretary, things like that. And I thought, well, it's a, it's the time of the meeting. It's the time where I would normally be kind of just like coming in and listening and so on. And then the serenity prayer came to mind. And I said, well, the best thing I could do in this moment is just like not have this alcoholism hijack me again because I have to accept the things I cannot change and just go with it. Otherwise, I'm going to bring that whole thing to the meeting when I finally get on the meeting. So I hope I'm not bringing that. But I do want to mention something that first came to mind last week and then again today when you were going through all the steps about what happens when, like, what is this fear about? Well, it's a fear about this and it's a fear about that. It's a fear about being alone. It's a fear about that. And what came to mind was that these things all bring me back to the first step is the fear that my life is going to be unmanageable and I'll be powerless over alcoholism. And then that's where it ends. There are no more steps. It's the fear that I'm stuck in the first step forever, I think, is what the Mm. fear really comes down to this unmanageability, Mm. whether so, you know, because I know I can't be self-reliant. That didn't work. I know alcohol didn't work. So where, what am I left with it, if, if not turning to step two? I mean, it's, it's so obvious to go, when I go through the fears that that's the only exit from the first step. Otherwise I'm just stuck in it forever and that would be a terrible thing. So again, happy holidays, a season of light, bright, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. best wishes to all. Thanks, Paul. Great to see you. Monique? Hi, Randy. Hi. 
Andy, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you. Thank you so much for what a beautiful message. Um, if, ever since I was a kid, I was always afraid. What if there? What if there is no God? And I used to say, Mom, what if there's no God? And she's like, You'd be dead. You wouldn't know. I'd be like, Oh. But it wasn't sufficient for me. Uh -huh. That answer is not sufficient for me. I'm like, because self-sufficiency failed me. And that's what I, fi I finally got what they meant in the book where it said, what will become of me? I'll be like the hole in the donut. And I'm still in that where I'm like, yeah. So I, th um, so I guess one of my questions, like my question is, is uh, I presume you might have the same thing I have. <laughs> um, I guess every day I have to have a daily reprieve and I have to have a bigger God to know that there is a God, I guess. I guess that's what I'm trying to ask is like, do you deal with that yourself about what if there is no God and is the answer getting a bigger God? Thank you so much for your, your beautiful message and who you are as a beautiful man. Thanks, Monique. Um, gosh, that's, uh, that is the question. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I, <laughs> this thing we call God is what, what I think it is. And this is none of your business because you have to have your own relationship with your own God, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because she asked. So I, I don't think there's a, a man God. There's no man God waiting to answer my prayers. There's a spirit of the universe that makes me alive. And that spirit is in me, and it's in all of you. And I guess if there is no God, then there is no us. <clears throat> but, but I don't know that there's a God. I just do what I think that I ask this thing called God or higher power or spirit to guide me. And then I do what I think it would have me do. That's the instructions. When I do that, I have the best life I've ever known. I still can't tell you. I can't tell you there's a God. I don't know. I don't know. But when I do what I think it would have me do if it was there, then I get the best life I've ever known. So my experience is, is that there is a God, but I don't, I can't tell you how it works or what it does. I just know that it, when I align my will with it, my will is awesome. Its will is awesome. I hope that that somehow answers that question. Zoe? Everybody. Merry Christmas. Hi, Sally. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's just no mistakes. <laughs> I, um, I mean, ev everything you said was so like, wow. That's what I, those are the those are the questions I needed answers to, and the answers were perfect. I, um, I'm like in a a whirlwind of fear right now. I have, uh, I quit my, quit my job, <clears throat> which is not a bad thing, but it was kind of awful. I'm uh, leaving a 13-year relationship. I'm moving up north where my children are to live by myself. And I woke up this morning with the weirdest fears. I, I, I can't, I won't even go into that story, but I guess my point is that I couldn't, I, I have had to write, rightly relate to my sweet source, is what I call my God, the energy of God. I have to rightly relate to it all the time. It's constant. I'm, um, pulling up my big girl panties and get house load by myself with the help of some really good friends. So really not by myself. God brought my friends to help me. But it's just a lot. Um, but I'm amazed at the amount of courage that I've been given because I, I have faith in a power greater than myself. I, I, <sighs> yeah. 
you. <clears throat> I've been wanting to. <clears throat> I've been wanting to work on my steps with this with this workshop, and um, I've been very reluctant. Not no, that's not true. I just haven't been able to because of everything that's going on. <laughs> all the paper, all the sheets I've been working on with with your workshops on Saturday went up north with my, a load of stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of just thinking, maybe you can help me with this, Randy. I'm just thinking I need to just wait till I get up there and get settled mm -hmm. and start over and not worry so much about whether or not it's going to get done. Thank God for your recordings. And by the way, I listen to you all the time. <laughs> all the time. But I, I won't take any more time, but I just wanted to share that and uh, just say thank you so much. And, and Merry Christmas to everyone. God bless you. Thanks, Sarah. Sounds like an exciting adventure you're off on. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's awesome. My kids are so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Howard. <laughs> Hi, Howard. Can you unmute? Hey, yeah. I'm Howard, alcoholic. Hi, Howard. Oh, thanks, thanks, bro. Um, thank you, Zoe. That was a beautiful share. Yeah. Uh, loved it. And, um, you know, can always relate no matter where I am. Um, I heard so many different things, uh, differently today. Um, the ask, ask the power, you know, what's, what's my, what's the next, you know, action in the moment. And then if doing that, there can be no fear. That, that, you know, that's like, um, I don't know why I never, you know, I, that one's always slipped off me. Um, it's been uh, fast and furious the last 48 hours, as everybody is. And, you know, like on a couple days ago, I couldn't log on to the audition callback. And I just went into this meltdown of, mm -hmm. of epic proportions, mm -hmm. like... I was gonna die. Mm. I mean, I sat, I, I sat there and said, "Okay, Howard, you're you aren't gonna die. <laughs> it's, a, it's a commercial for Fox, for Fox Sports. <laughs> They've invited you back, so you're already into the next pool of people. Relax." <laughs> and I had to like walk myself right through. It was it was fascinating, and then. Um, and then I was watching this movie, Die Hard, and I'm watching these characters on this big building, and they're always laughing into the fear. And I just started laughing. I said, this is just all a joke. It's, it's kind of all been a joke since day one when I got caught in that fear of the unknown as a 12-year-old in Westwood Village. It was one of my primary um, sensations as a young boy. I would sleep at night and thought I would die as I, as I closed my eye, eyelids. And um, it finally transformed years later, but I just kind of stared at it and kept being with it and asking God, you know, and then God was like, well, just move the, this bench over here. Just, you know, set this over here. And I'll, and then, and then it just sort of melted. And, and, um, and then I, and then I, 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 uh, you know, the great, the, I love the, the consciousness that you take on the third step prayer, you know, uh, to do thy will. I go on a, uh, like a callback date with a girl and she goes, well, we're all, you know, we're all grown up. So I just wanted to tell you that I am married. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> okay. So I said, well, I guess we're not having sex today, are we? Or, you know, and I just, I went into this, you know, my male, I don't even know what I went into. It just came flying out of me and I didn't know, I, I, I didn't know how to take the time and just stop. I went to a meeting last night in, in uh, or a couple nights ago in men's stag at 26 and Broadway and the guy got up to speak and he said, you know, I'm just going to stop. I just need to be here right now. I need to listen. And it was like, I learned a mm. thing about myself that I was like, you know, when people, all these things come at me and from left field and from now on, I'm going to say, okay, can you give me a minute, two minutes just to be yeah. so I can even possibly employ the stuff that you put forward in the meeting? Yeah. What would God have me do now? What would, you know, and not 
go to my, you know, lowest common denominator or wherever I go, my character defect. Um, and that's what, that's what's been on my plate for the last, you know, 48 hours. And it's, you know, and, and so this is such a great, and it's a grind. It's just re-remind yourself, recommit, slow down, drop in. And it's, and like the guys told me, Zoe, at 33 years ago, everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Everything is okay. Everything is going to fucking be all right. And if I don't know what God is, and I love the way you explain that, because I, I, I kind of got in the, a, a circuit speaker's face the other day and I said, you know, bro, do you believe in God? Because I don't hear it in your pitch. <laughs> and it was maybe not the best thing to say, but maybe there was really a statement that was about me and whether I believe in God. And I loved it the way you, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go to, I don't know. Now it's an experience that when I call it to guide me, everything rocks. It flows like, you know, you know, so I've always ascribed that, that meaning to I've given that thing a name and I'm just going to back off on even that. So it's been a great week and you, mm. you fine tuned and, and helped me, uh, tighten up a couple things today. Merry Christmas, bro. I appreciate the meeting very Thanks, much. And, and, Mer- and, and Merry Christmas to everybody in the, in, in the yeah. meeting. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Howard. All right. Phyllis. here a minute ago but he popped off 
Well, it's awesome to get to spend this afternoon with you. You know, I was way too busy to come to this meeting today. And I love Paul's share because that um, the idea that now I'm locked out of my house, so I have to be upset because I can't be at the meeting where I would be meditating is it's that's that's the insanity of alcoholism. I'm going to meditate on being locked out. I'm going to meditate on meditate on being present right here, being locked out of my house. It's it's like the people that fight for a parking spot at the gym so they can go into the gym and get on the treadmill and walk for an hour. But they don't want to park at the other end of the parking lot. They're, they'll rather kill you for the spot right in front. And then when they walk in, they get on the walk mill. <laughs> like, that's how crazy I am. Uh Catherine? Hi there, my name's Catherine and I'm an addict and alcoholic and all of the mess that goes with it. Um, I just wanted to connect to the meeting because I've had my camera on and off a bit. It's late in the UK and I'm cooking and I'm just a bit distracted. So I wanted to just, and I was going to turn my camera off and I thought, no, no, you know, Randy takes the time to be here. Just be here, you know. I'm just back from a week away in the run-up to Christmas and yeah I've really loved hearing everybody wow I've heard some really beautiful things tonight and I'm just I needed to plug in you know for the Christmas just to just because of just because of Christmas basically I've been with my oldest friend we're, we're such great pals but she's not an alcoholic and uh, yeah I just needed to be with my tribe tonight so holiday greetings as you Americans say I would say happy Christmas but yeah love just have loved what everybody shared I've got so much from it and Zoe I loved your share I really really did and I you know all the best for 2023 how fantastic <laughs> yeah everybody fantastic it was a great meeting I appreciate you all so much I just appreciate that you would come and and share with me like we did today this was fantastic for me Ah, all right. So um, try to remember to see what you can add to whatever family gatherings you're getting together, where it's, whether it's a family of you or a family of many. See what you can add to that. Uh, keep asking your higher power to help you be a giver and, and to bring something to the occasion instead of trying to get. And if there, if there's people around there that annoy you, ask them about their childhood. Ask them where they grew up and who their best friend was and uh, where they met their wife. And man, you'll be blown away. Uh, you'll have an awesome experience. So. All right. So we'll take a moment of silence. If you'd like to, you can unmute yourself and we'll do the serenity prayer together. God. God. Hi. 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 Beautiful. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.